this morning uh, in this session here, we're just going to go through uh, Genesis right through the New Testament and just get a snapshot of who the Holy Spirit is. Um, Raywan, thank you very much for your story. Uh, don't you love stories and people's stories? I've never actually been called cute before, but it's always a first time, right? When there's always a first time, I think you're the first. Uh, so thanks for that. I appreciate that. Uh, but it's, it's great to hear people's stories, isn't it? And people's stories always uh, don't just start with a person's conversion. Uh, in a, you know, Salvation Army talk about our Wesleyan background, and uh, our Wesleyan background talks about something called uh, God provenience grace. And God's provenient grace is that God's Holy Spirit is at work in our life before we're converted. So our story is, basically when we're born, or even prior to that, how God's Holy Spirit is at work in our life. And his provenient grace means that he, he sort of, uh, he woos us, he sort of prompts us, uh, even though we don't even know it. And when we're converted, when God's Spirit brings us to a point of decision... Uh, for me anyway, I realised that actually God's Holy Spirit was at work before I even knew it. He was sort of leading me, circumstances, people that came along uh, in my way, uh, a word or two along, my, uh, along the way, people speaking into my life. So I came to a point where God brought me to a, you know, a point where I needed to make a decision for him and that was God's Holy Spirit bringing it all together to I said, Yes, I'll be a follower of Jesus. And for me, that happened in Canberra on a youth council's weekend when I was around about 17. And God's Spirit's been at work ever since. And for Raywan's story and our story and the story of the Holy Spirit, it's not just for the Holy Spirit when the birth of the church took place in uh, when we recorded, uh, we see it recorded in Acts chapter 2. But the story of the Holy Spirit is been through all time and will be for all time and uh, I think sometimes we can get a little bit caught up that the Holy Spirit came you know uh, at Acts 2 and the birth of the church and we talk about Pentecost but there's a greater story than that about the Holy Spirit and it's a little bit about like our lives it starts before our conversion our new birth and on from there and what we want to do this morning is just look at the, the Old Testament, New Testament, lots of scripture verses, uh, lots of looking at individual people's lives, but uh, try and just hang in there with it. There's a lot to it. Uh, all the material really comes from the Alpha course. I know that you've been looking at that over the weeks, but if you get the, any Alpha material, you'll see this material in it. So Nikki Gumbel's put together a lot of good stuff and we've just sort of localised it. So uh, that's what this material is about. So... Genesis 1, verse 1. So that's the very, very beginning, as you know, of the Bible. And if you want to just uh, take your Bibles, we're going to have a look at a number of verses. And uh, hopefully this, me and the sinking here, with the guy at the back, well, uh, um, it's going to come together here, but if it doesn't, that's okay. So... What we're going to do too, so I'm not just saying everything, I might get you to read some of these verses out so we come to, 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 together with it. So has someone got Genesis 1 verse 1? Someone got another translation? Don't rush me. 
pretty well all the same? All right. So God. So God's spirit was there in creation. All right. So it's not as if he came later on. Actually, the Holy Spirit is God. Right, and he was involved in creation. We see it there. And as their father, the creator, was created the world through Jesus by his spirit. And you'll see there later on in those verses that the, the spirit of God was hovering, hovering over the earth, bringing um, you know, uh, newness out of the chaos. See in the, in, when you read in Genesis, there was chaos there and it brought a, uh, an order out of the chaos. I love the quote that uh, Nikki Gumbel actually uses in the Alpha material and says this. He said, and here the Spirit of God is hovering. It's waiting to bring something new. The Holy Spirit brings out of chaos, he brings to cosmos. Out of disorder, he brings order. Out of confusion, harmony. Out of deformity, he brings beauty. And out of oddness or oldness, he brings newness. He doesn't just do that for that time. He does that, for, does that in his creation, and we are his creation. And God's Holy Spirit, sometimes in the disorder of our lives, sometimes the chaos of our lives, he brings order, and he brings freedom. He brings healing. He brings completeness. He brings everything that uh, he's created here in his creation right from Genesis 1, verse 1. Now, Genesis 2, verse 7. Someone would like to read that for us. Chapter 2, verse 7. Right, so this is where this on the clip says this word ruach, this um, word called breathing. So God actually breathed into the nostrils. Did I get it right? Or? Sorry? Ruach. I can't say Hebrew, so that, you know, I'm lucky to speak Australian, I can tell you. <laughs> or English, I know I'm supposed to be speaking. But uh, here's this word of, it really means breathing. Remember last night I asked a question about what, is, what do you want God's Holy Spirit to do in your life over this weekend? What does he need to do? What do you want him to do? And if you use this word, ruach, uh, what do you want God to breathe into your life? Is there a newness that he needs to breathe into your life? If there's a part of your life he needs to fill up and breathe into, and this, this word means uh, spirit, and, and breathing into, and it's, uh, it's this creation word that's not just for now, uh, but for always. So here we have these, um, this beginning, uh, this involvement in creation, this uh, life, this, this word ruach, this breathing into, this breath of God, breathing in our life and uh, we know that when we read the New Testament that when Jesus talked to his disciples uh, he said receive the Holy Spirit in other words God's Holy Spirit will breathe into your life and you'll be new you'll be transformed you'll be empowered in your life to go on um, I don't know if you on holidays Julie and I sometimes on holidays go to different churches 
different denominations, just to have a, a different experience. And uh, for us, that's quite refreshing and quite renewing. But some churches you walk into um, and you think almost the Holy Spirit's left the building. Have you ever experienced that? You know, you go to another church and you feel it's a bit flat. There's not much life there. And then you go to another church, maybe the next week or the next year, whenever you're on holidays, and you feel that the place is absolutely alive. You know, there's something about the church and you can't put your finger on it, but you know that something's happening within the church. Uh, and I think that's the work of the Holy Spirit, bringing people or breathing in this rock into the church, into the people of God. And you just know, don't you? You just know. We do this, we core in, uh, we've only been to a couple of core in Victoria. Uh, last year we went to a couple on this core. And you can just sense that, you know, God's Spirit's at work. And for most church core, we've been happy to say, most Salvation Army core we've been into, we've sensed that. We've sensed that. Some have been very, very different, haven't they, Julie? You know, we went to Box Hill one week and they've had the band and you know, a few other things and a reasonable large congregation. The next uh, week before that, we went to a little church just next to us, Salvation Army Corps, and it was just around the tables having tea and coffee. And actually, Julie made a coffee during the meeting for a lady four times. Uh, some of the people in the meeting were pretty dysfunctional people, weren't they? They come from group homes and uh, the Salvation Army had a real unique ministry to the people that gathered, and that was their community. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Pretty um, messy <laughs> in lots and lots of ways. People yelling out and, you know, asking for a cup of coffee in the middle of a prayer and uh, it was, you know, it was pretty unordered. But uh, <laughs> a bit like Wollongong these days, is it? <laughs> <laughs> flat white thanks one sugar <laughs> uh, but it was but God's spirit was at work now it was it was very very different but God works in his own way doesn't he God's Holy Spirit works in his own way and uh, out of disorder you know he, he just brings the completeness and he, he continues to move there so the first thing is that the Holy Spirit was involved in creation Right, Genesis 1, 1. Let's move on a little bit more. Now, uh, in this media clip, it, it, the clip talked about a number of people. So, God's Holy Spirit came upon particular people in the Old Testament for particular times for particular tasks. All right, that's how the, the Spirit we see as a recording in the Old Testament. We see for particular people for a particular time, for particular tasks. And the, God's Holy Spirit was working in a different way, as we see it in the Old Testament. Now, Bezalel, Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 to 5. I'll give you a bit of time to look at that. So Exodus 31, verses 1 to 5. Someone like to read that.
Mm. I'm sure you're glad Joyce read that one out. <laughs> Thanks, Joyce. So artistic work, all right? So here, here was, a, you know, a, a particular people, Bezalel, particular time, particular task was about artistic work. And it says there that the Spirit of God was at work. The Spirit of God filled him for him to achieve that, to create something new out of that. Um, quote from Nicky Gumbel again, not everyone is called to be a full-time Christian worker, but all of us are called to be filled with the Spirit at work. And whatever at work means for us, it could be at school, it could be at uni, it could be at work, it could be anywhere. That God's Spirit is at work in us. And it might be for artistic work, because that's the gift that God has given you. Use it for his glory and for his fullness. The next one is from Judges chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. And a lot of you would know the story about Gideon. I relate a lot to Gideon, uh, but he has a great story. So it's Judges chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Oh, look at who's going, Joe Hayden. Let's fight it off, eh? Joe? So the nation had been overrun by the Midianites at that point of time and the country was in desperate need and then God says to Gideon, I want you to be my leader. So what was Gideon's response? And that's not a rhetorical question. You've got to be joking, right? I'm the least in my family and, and, the, and the, the clan is the least of all the clans. You've got the wrong guy. Now, have you ever responded that way? I certainly have. For a number of years I did. Some of you would know that until it came to the point where God said, sorry Mark, but you are the right guy and I am calling you and I will equip you. And indeed he has done that. And he will continue to do that. So here's Gideon, Spirit of God among, uh, for him, for the purpose of leading. The purpose of leading. And uh, he led eventually. You go to chapter 6, verse 34, it said, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And that's what turned him into a great leader. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him for leadership. Now, Judges chapter 15, uh, verse 14. This is about Samson. It's another one. Person, time, task. Samson was there for uh, executing the power and the strength of God in his life. So Judges 15, verse 14. Hmm. So in lots of ways in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came upon people and you see their strength, their abilities. It's artistic or leadership or strength and power like Samson. Uh, but when you sort of 
not so much when you get to the New Testament, but if you're reading the Old and the New Testament, it's not just talking about our physical life, but it certainly does talk about our spiritual life with power and strength. Now, there wasn't too many Greek words that I learned at college. Now, I don't know what you were like, Phil and Rebecca, you are probably, you know, all over this sort of stuff, I'm sure. Uh, but Doug Clark actually was our education officer, and he was a pretty good education officer when we were cadets. And he used to love the Greek language, and one of the words, and probably one of the only ones I learned, was this word dunamis. And dunamis in the Greek New Testament meant the power of God, it meant power. And that's where we get the word dynamite from, or dynamic. It comes from this Greek word dunamis. So for Samson, and relaying that to us as well, when the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, he had in the sense this Greek word called dunamis in his life. God's Spirit came with power and strength. And when we look at the New Testament, we see many, many people that came and experienced this dunamis in their life. Now, we've been going to Congress Hall in the last uh, three years, because uh, Julie's mum and dad go there as well, Dot and Errol. And uh, obviously we don't get there now. Um, but there was a, a guy in the Corps that went through one of the rehabilitation centres, William Booth House. I'm not sure if it was drug and alcohol. I know it was drug, but I'm not quite sure if it was alcohol as well. And uh, he got saved. Really, really, you know, God's just spoken in his life. He went through rehab. He really found who Jesus was in his life and got converted. Then he became a soldier. And that was a wonderful experience too. But got to say, most Sundays, we see him at the mercy seat. Uh, pleading for God for strength and power. And I remember going there with him and praying with him uh, one morning and uh, understood a little bit more about what was going on in his life. And I think Satan was still tempting him to use. And it wasn't just... And we know some people, you know, can give up the drugs, bang, smoking, stop and move on. And that happens to some people, and the power of God, this dunamis of God, can enable people to do that. But in some other ways, it's not quite like that. And for him, absolutely, the spirit of God was working his life, he was converted, became a soldier, he's, he's dedicated, he's employed at William Booth House to help others as well. But he always saw the need to really seek God every day of his life for that power and strength. Because if he didn't, he knew he would probably get on the drugs pretty quickly again. So on a Sunday morning, he'd kneel. Straight after the sermon, he'd be down there pretty quickly. And people knew and used to pray for him and continued to pray for him. And I certainly did that morning again and, and made a commitment to him that I would continue to pray for him, and I do. But this is this dunamis. This is the power of God at strength. And for, for, for Samson in the Old Testament, he experienced that in a miraculous way. But we can too, as we find the strength and power in him. The last one in the Old Testament is uh, Isaiah. Uh, if you'd like to look at Isaiah chapter 61, uh, 
and then the first three verses. Now, you'll see a resemblance of some words that Jesus actually said in the recording in the New Testament, which comes from these verses. So, Isaiah, which was, he was gifted for prophecy, you know, speaking into people's lives into the future. Verses 1 to 3. Thanks, man. Yeah. So the spirit of the of sovereign Lord is on me to speak out, to speak in. And he had a great message there. And uh, sometimes the message of Isaiah fell on deaf ears, uh, but he still had to speak that word out because the spirit of the Lord was on him for a particular part, task for a particular time. And uh, that was about freedom. And we read in the New Testament, Jesus quoted these verses saying this is the purpose of why Jesus came, you know, to bring, preach good news to the poor, bring the message of hope, you know, to, to bind up the broken heart and proclaim freedom for the captives and make a difference in our society. That was the message of Isaiah. That was the message of Jesus and that's our message. As God's Holy Spirit comes upon us and, and works through us to give a message to our society that we live in for transformation. Uh, I don't know if you know Luke Knoll at all. Anyone know Luke Knoll? Young guy. Uh, we were at uh, Earlwood when we were in Sydney last time for nine years, or seven, sorry, seven years. And during that time, uh, we got to know a guy called Stan Carlyle. Now, Stan Carlyle's gone to glory now. He's a soldier in the Corps for a number of years. And Luke Knoll produced a little video uh, of him. I think it was probably about 15-minute video, 20-minute video. Now, Stan was a prisoner of war for a long time uh, in the Second World War, uh, I think for at least four years, five years. Uh, but in the video, there was one point where Stan was, you know, speaking the camera with Luke, and he was talking about the point of time in '45 when he heard the news that the war was over, and he could go home. And after spending years and years and years as a POW, he describes the freedom was just overwhelming. That he'd been locked up, been captive for all those years, and then got the news and found freedom in that. And the wonderful thing about it was he related that physical, emotional experience to his own spiritual life. That when he found Jesus, there was a freedom that he just couldn't explain. It's a wonderful story of standing. If you ever see it, uh, I think it's called Still Standing. Typical Luke sort of title. Great story. It's a great story about a great man. 
So here's the Old Testament. Mesalel, Gideon, Samson, Isaiah. All people at a time for a task. And we see that the Holy Spirit came upon them for all sorts of reasons. And every time that happened, change took place. A message went out. God's kingdom was advanced in a sense. So here we have this, this um, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, working in this capacity. The next part is that the Holy Spirit, number three, was promised by the Father. Now, Ezekiel 36, 26. Uh, so let's see if someone can find that for us. These, uh, that passage is not easy to find. Very easy on an app phone and uh, on a, not so easy on a physical Bible. Ezekiel 36, 26. the wrong passage there have I I might have let me read it this is the one anyway <laughs> sorry about that John embarrassing you this is this is the verse anyway I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh it is the same passage it's just phrased differently I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to my laws Right, so same passage, it's different, uh, different translation there. So here we, here we have the Spirit promised by the Father, promised by God to come. And we see, and we'll get to the New Testament in a moment, but there is a passage from Luke chapter 1, verse 15, and it talks about, you know, uh, John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus. And uh, John the Baptist said that Jesus, he will fill you with the Spirit even from... He's filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Uh, Luke chapter 135 talks about Mary, the mother of Jesus, says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even in, when we talk about Elizabeth in that New Testament phrase, it talks about the promise of the work of the Holy Spirit just in the early days as recorded here in the New Testament. Even uh, Zechariah in the New Testament, it talks about his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, prophesied. So we see the, all these promises just in the early stages of the gospel uh, where people, or well, the Holy Spirit came upon different people. John the Baptist and Mary and Elizabeth, Zechariah. And obviously when Jesus came, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, point... Four talks about John the Baptist uh, being linked with Jesus. Now, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. It's probably an easier passage to uh, look for. So someone would like to read that out for us, please. Luke 3, 16. Here's John the, Barrett, no, the Baptist just uh, linking with, with Jesus. I remember a couple of years ago, I was with a leadership group uh, called Arrow Leadership. 
and uh, there was different leaders from different denominations. And I remember going down to, um, and yeah, I will say it. I went down to the local pub with them. All right, they had a beer. I had an orange juice or a coke or something like that. But we got talking around the table and one of the questions that came to me was, um, I don't get this, Mark, why are you not baptised with water? What, what, what is the background around all that? Because uh, a lot of them were Baptists um, and they wanted to know that. Um, I had a similar conversation with my mother, actually. My mother was Baptist and uh, I had to have a very similar conversation with her. And as soon as I said, well, the scriptures talk about one baptism. And one of the guys, actually Steve, it clicked with him straight away. Aha, now I got you. Now I know why. It's the one spirit, you know, one Lord, God's Holy Spirit. Water's good, absolutely. And some people get baptised with water. And my mother was, and that was very, very significant for her. But the reason behind it is the baptism of the Spirit. And people may call us sometimes the dry cleaners denomination, um, that we don't get baptised with water, but we are baptised. And sometimes I've even been a bit naughty sometimes with people and say, oh, you haven't been, bap- no, been baptised with water. I said, yes, I have been baptised. And then we, that opens up to another conversation. Uh, for us to have. So this is what this is about. This is John the Baptist saying that there will be someone who will come. I might baptise you with water, but there's something actually coming that will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will live within you. And it will be a little bit different, I suppose, of what we've read from the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit came upon people at different times for different tasks. And it wasn't just for specific people if you read in the Old Testament, but it was for everybody. And the Holy Spirit won't just come on you, but will be within you. And you'll see the Holy Spirit's... There's a, there's a difference coming here. There's a different perspective that we see actually in the New Testament we do with the Old Testament. Understanding that God's Spirit has always been and always will be, but we see him working in different ways. And this is the story This is the story of the Holy Spirit. And when we get into the New Testament, we'll get into that a little bit further, we see that he comes with power and he comes with direction in our lives. And uh, particularly when we get to the, the New Testament and the birth of the church, we see the Holy Spirit coming on, as that clip said, when they came around together in that room as they waited for the Holy Spirit to come, as Jesus told them, wait. And they did wait and the Holy Spirit came in power and it was like tongues of flames on their heads as it's described in the New Testament, isn't it? In Acts. But when they went along a bit further, particularly Peter, and then Paul came along later on, and when initially God's Spirit worked initially in the Jews particularly the disciples, and then um, a little bit difficult to understand for the Jews, but the Holy Spirit was actually available to all people, what they would call the Gentiles and non-Jewish people. And Paul in particular had a message, and Peter got this a bit as well, where God spoke to him that it's not just, the Holy Spirit's not just restricted to a certain person 
or certain group of people, but it's for everybody. And as the church was birthed in Acts 2, we see, you know, the, the, the experience of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came and God's church just exploded. You know, you'll see the early church and as you read it through Acts, you'll see the story of that where the church absolutely exploded and people coming to faith and Jews coming to faith and people who are religious leaders coming to faith and Gentile people coming to faith and the poor coming to faith. And you'll see thousands and thousands of people were saved even on one day when Peter preached because the Holy Spirit was upon him and working in and through him. And it was sort of like a new day, a different day in the Holy Spirit's work. And as we are here today, we're part of that growth that's been happening for thousands of years. And the Holy Spirit's work in and through you will continue as we move into and we try and as we spoke last night about the national vision statement to transform Australia one life at a time with the love of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit our Trinitarian God that will give us the power the dunamis to tell our story not from our conversion but how God's Holy Spirit has worked in our life to a point until we are now and will be in the future as God continues to transform us. So it's a great story, isn't it? Great story of the story of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as we consider more as we go along, and Julie will speak after morning tea and tomorrow morning of how you know, we can receive the Holy Spirit in a more fuller, fuller way and how the evidences of that Holy Spirit is evident in our lives. So, we finished a little bit early, but that's okay. We might have a prayer, and then you can have a little bit longer morning tea. Is that okay? No objections to that? <laughs> Let's have a prayer together. Father God, we, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you because your Holy Spirit is here. Your presence is here. And uh, we, we thank you because you just guide us. And as we look at your scriptures... We see that your Holy Spirit has always been at work. And we want to acknowledge that today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's work in our life, Father. We thank you for the, the prompting of your Spirit when we didn't even know it. When we were going along our own way, I suppose, in lots of ways, and your Spirit was still at work. And we see that now when we look back how you've moved and how you've put people in our way and how you've prompted us and uh, used circumstances around our life to bring us to a point of saying yes to you and to be a follower of Jesus. But that is not the full story, Father, for our lives. We know that. And we know that uh, as we continue to be faithful to you and as we keep in step with your spirit, we will experience transformation uh, going into the future under your hand. Thank you for each other and this time we spent together this morning. Pray your continued blessing upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.